Hi, welcome to MedTech for Beginners, the place to come if you want to know more about how to bring new health and care innovations into the UK market. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's edition of MedTech for Beginners. This week we're taking a slightly different slant on the interview and I've been really looking forward to this one. This week I'm talking to Laura and Ilias and who can give us some unique perspectives on what it's like to live with a different experience of life to what some other people might have and how best to engage with people when you're talking about things that are going to help them, things that you think will be great. Is it really going to be great? And how do the individuals involved engage with you and what you're doing so that everything should be a positive experience for everybody? So I'd like to introduce Laura and her son, Ilias. Hello, it's lovely to be here. Good afternoon. My name is Ilias. It is very nice to be here. I appreciate you having us on. Thank you very much. So Laura and Ilias have their own podcast. And if I just hand over to the two of you to explain what your podcast is and, and what it's about so that they can have a bit more of an understanding about why we're talking today. Okay, so yeah, we started the podcast over a year ago now. Um and the idea really was we enjoyed talking to each other and probably the only time that we talked together <laughs> was on the podcast. Um, and it, it was a really wonderful way of sort of bringing in mental health and well-being um, into a wider space. So Ilias is very, was starting to really get into mental health, looking after himself and well-being in a different space than I was and we were having some great conversations and so we brought them together and started the podcast and have had some really good feedback from mums and sons <laughs> and daughters um, around that relationship. There was a lot of um we used to just have conversations like at the tea table or something and then we'd be like oh this is some cool information people would probably benefit from this so we thought you know let's podcast it. And it's a really good fun. <laughs> and could you share with us a, a little bit of your background, the two of you, and the reason why mental health has become such an important issue for you both? Yeah, absolutely. So my background's in mental health. So I've had 25 years of working in mental health. I started off as a mental health nurse, and then I ran an organisation supporting people living with dementia um, for 13 years. And it's such an important part of anyone's story. I think I've also experienced burnout, which was, you know, a really big part of my life. And Ilias has been through some mental health challenges also. We now know that we're part of having ADHD, undiagnosed ADHD. So Ilias had to learn different ways to be mm. in the world. So I don't want to talk over you, Ilias, but you but you experienced some, you know, some big stuff and, and learned how to get through that and to to move forward which was pretty impressive yeah it's still a struggle but like everything is really so it's just consistency mainly but it is certainly better than it used to be mm. i was gonna um, just go on a tangent about like lockdown obviously because we couldn't go outside that like addiction to technology and like social media really was very intense which takes a lot like if you're putting so much attention and energy towards like 
digital and like artificial realities the time you spend in the actual reality is like minimized greatly which means the enjoyment you can have in reality is far less than what it should be right yes i think lockdown had a different effect on everybody we all reacted to it differently didn't we and thinking about that and how everybody's perspective of life as a whole is different we all look through our own lens we all see things differently and the people that listen to these podcasts they could be inventing technology or considering how they're going to improve something for people and they want to do that in the best possible way obviously now one of the previous interviews that i've had when i was speaking to tim hamer was about digital mental health and we did touch on people with neurodiversity and um and i think this is an area that increasingly technology is being brought into um mental health and other forms of support and help and we can go through this world looking through our lens which isn't necessarily neurodiverse and make a whole heap of assumptions about what everybody else will like and how this will work and how that will work how do you feel about a new technology coming out or somebody posting about neurodiverse issues and how do you feel about the whole environment that that comes out into and how you react to that so there there needs to be a really good understanding of what it's like and i think you know that's something that ilias has really given me is seeing the world through a completely different lens understanding the the difficulties that that somebody with the neurodiversity and, and for Ilias you know particularly ADHD has so things like understanding the whole dopamine part of that so mm. being able to get a dopamine hit out of whatever the technology is is so blooming important isn't it it's like but it's also risky because you need the right dopamine you need dopamine from putting effort into something and actually striving towards a goal instead of dopamine as an escape from reality because that's when it gets dangerous and then you start getting addicted to the instant dopamine which keeps mm-hmm. you stuck and like unable to move forward because it does take work and effort to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically if, if you are wanting to bring something into the field of neurodiversity they really need to work with groups of people that are living with a range of, of neurodiverse challenges and experiences of the world because just because you're neurodiverse or you've got a particular diagnosis such as ADHD doesn't mean that you'll experience it in the same way that somebody else that's got the same diagnosis yeah definitely yeah Absolutely. There's something about having that lived experience, isn't there? And and really sort of getting into the shoes of what it's like for that other person. And that comes with, you know, really being willing to to dive in and ask those questions on, on much a deeper level than just politeness, I guess, which is often what happens is there can be conversations that are that just don't, don't go deep enough. Yeah. And that politeness, from from a purely commercial perspective, companies that are trying to develop technologies, if they're too polite, they could end up spending an awful lot of money on something because people have said, yeah, that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Because like they want that. them to feel better. <laughs> 
yeah and I, and that's something that sort of people pleasing aspect is is you know it's definitely there isn't it it's that feeling of oh yeah everything's fine and uh, this will be great when actually you know we, we need to delve a lot deeper than that and I think that's something that I've experienced in my work with people with dementia as well is you know when you're creating something to really spend a lot of time on that part and that means spending time with people you know not just in conversation but observing as well and being part of their world I don't think you can go wrong if you do that if you just really sort of dive deeply Mm. yes I agree and just turning things on the head for the people that are listening at the moment have you either of you either when working with people with dementia or people with mental health issues or living with neurodiversity have you ever thought, oh, if there was a thing that did this, it would make my life or their life so much easier? Has there ever been anything where you go, God, that would be that would be great. I really want to have one of those or have something that does this. Now, I've really put you on the spot here. And so Elias might need to think about that for a moment. I think I will. He's, he's taking a big, deep breath as well there because I can see that that's exciting you as well. It's like, oh, if there was something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a, a great question. And I, I think, you know, we've got a lot of challenges. We can talk about challenges that we have right now. So Ilias is in, is in college and it's not been easy. We've been in and out of college and school throughout lifetime really but um but the thing that's really on my mind at the moment is is that idea of motivation so with somebody who doesn't have a neurodiversity motivation you you can push through it you can kind of say right I've got to do this thing that I don't want to do but for somebody with ADHD in particular that it doesn't work because the chemicals in the brain are not working in a particular way so but of course, there are times in life when we do have to do things that we don't particularly want to do. So those chemicals are not kicking in. So for Ilias, as an example, doing college work can be really difficult. There are parts of it which you absolutely love and adore, don't you? Because mm. it's what you love. It's music. But then when having to provide something like written work and understand what a question is asking. Yeah, it's just I will literally it's almost even just a surface level of like looking at a page full of words it's just like it overloads my brain so much and, and it switches off but it also feels like the harder I try to climb over that barrier and just continue the taller the barrier becomes I'm just adding extra steps and pressure behind it and it just gets really overwhelming mm. and so the, so in terms of there's some a bit of technology that comes up for me and I know that that for example I know that Google you can talk to Google can't you and it'll write but it feels like there needs to be something even better than that that will sort of read a question and interpret it and 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 say it in a different way yeah like rephrasing is a big problem because especially in college like the assignment briefs and stuff the questions will be really professionally written and they'll be like they'll just use so many unnecessary words that don't need to be there for me to understand the question so if there was like some kind of ai that just deleted unnecessary words and explained it to me the in the most efficient yet simple way possible i'll be like great i can do that but sometimes there's just too much information and i struggle figuring out what's like really the important bit because if like a question has 20 things to do there will be like five things to do that really matter and 20 things are just kind of like add on to the five so i need to determine like what's going on there and what to actually do where to start and all of that so there's one (laughs) (laughs) have you tried chat chat gpt for that i haven't actually that's a really good idea 
That is a good yeah. idea. That's a very good idea. It's become my favourite toy this week. This is my toy. I, of the I week. love a bit of chat GPT. I, yeah, I, absolutely. And particularly if you've gone up to the um, GPT four, mm-hmm. I, I just I just love it. It 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 writes so much better than I do. <laughs> And it's really great, isn't it, in terms of the more you prompt it, the better you prompt it, the better it is. Yes. And as you see, it, what it will do is it will learn Elias's requirements. Mm-hmm. So if you say, if you put in a text that is baffling you or overwhelming you and just copy and paste it in and say, please rewrite this in a more simple format, it will do. That's a really good idea, actually. I'm going to start doing that. Top tip there, Kate. We'll yeah. take that one I and give that, that one a go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the reason that I've kind of shied away from thinking about ChatGPT is because it, obviously there's the temptation then, isn't there, is to get ChatGPT to do the work for you <laughs> to do the work, which is a definite no-no through college. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, but equally you've got to you've got to give it the prompts about what you want to say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I suppose it can ultimately do a big cheat but equally it depends how you want to approach it shall we say <laughs> yeah but, well, you put that thought on my head now I mean, well I'm really excited about the development of AI and it's so fast isn't it and it's learning so quickly there's just so much isn't there that we could be using it for but and often it's like and I've heard you talk about this before Kate actually when we were talking about particularly about dementia and where you were, you know, you were really sort of waving a, a flag and a problem in terms of people with dementia having having access to technology, but not knowing where to get it. And I think I feel like that with Ilias. It feels like there's probably lots of answers out there, but it's like, where on earth do you even begin? And I think that is a real problem too. It's like, how do we access this technology that, that, that there is? Yeah. And I think this isn't... This isn't just dementia or neurodiversity or physical disability. Whatever area, I, when I actually start talking to people who are living with something that, that is causing them a challenge or they are a parent, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's finding the right wheelchair to finding a cup to drink from easily through to how do I find something that is going to help me ease my anxiety when I'm at the bus stop and the bus is late. There, there, there are so many things out there. And, and what I was listing there are things that I know where there are solutions, but it's how do you find them? And I think it's a real challenge for anybody listening. It's a real challenge to actually make the public aware of what you've got. If it goes through a charity I know this this might sound a bit harsh, but on the whole, charities tend to charge companies to place things on their websites. And that charge can be quite prohibitive. So if you're a little tiny company with something really nifty and helpful, the cost of actually putting it out there can just be too much for you to do it. And there are no centralised websites. There are no uh, strategic public health access points or anything like that when it comes to technology and I think also the government makes a huge assumption that people haven't got the money or the will to pay for it if it's not provided on the NHS and I think that's completely untrue Mm. I think people are willing to pay what they need to pay to live their best life because they will yeah 
And I, I think there's that that worry, isn't there, that for small companies who are creating a, a solution that isn't necessarily it doesn't have the budget to market it that, that then it just disappears and it could have been the very thing <laughs> that loads of people wanted well yes exactly and, and I think a really good example of this is many years ago now when I was still a medical rep so we're talking probably 15 20 years ago I went to a medical conference and there was a guy there who had a stand and he had this piece of kit um, and he was a scientist by background and he had this piece of kit which passed electricity through your lip if you had cold sores and it interrupted the DNA of the virus and it meant that the cold sore healed really quickly and it was less and less likely to come back. And at the time that I came across this guy in this stand, my husband had a lot of problems with cold sores and so I bought one and I brought it home and it worked like magic, it really did, it was brilliant. And then it just disappeared off the face of the earth and I had tried to hunt it down and the company no longer existed and the IP had been bought by another company, but that company wasn't actually using it and it wasn't being distributed anywhere because it was a brilliant product, but it just hadn't got into the market well enough and therefore it's gone. And it's such a shame because, you know, there are so many people out there with cold sores and I've got some sort of viral problem in my lip now. If we still had that, it would have been brilliant. I would have used it straight away. But it's not there anymore. And because it, the IP exists, it's very hard for somebody else to go out and make it because somebody owns it. And so I, I, it's such a shame. And IP gets shut down like that all the time. Wow. Well, that's a whole thing I didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> What an education. Wow. And I really want one of those now. You've sold it to me and it's not available. <laughs> I know. That's, that's, part of my, that's part of my job, you see, to try and stop that happening to other great innovations that people bring to market. I don't want them to go, God, I can't sell this. It's not worth it. It's costing me too much. And then just not do it. Yeah. So, Elias, have you had enough time to think about something that you think, oh, that would be fantastic? Actually, you know what? It doesn't have to be related to being neurodiverse. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I've just, I stopped thinking about that and just started focusing about like electric cold sore therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool, though, as a concept. Yeah. That's magical, though, if you managed to yeah. make that one. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was really cool. And it literally made a zapping noise as well, a bit like a, an electric spiker. Oh, good. God. That's crazy. <laughs> we so want one of these now. <laughs> How do they attach to your lip? No, you just you just hold it over your lip. I've, it's very hard to describe. It, oh, looked, right. it looked a bit like a, a, holding a microphone, except the end of it was flat, and it had two little lights on either side oh. at the end, and you just held it against your lip, and it zapped the electricity through your lip. Oh my goodness. You know that um, with ADHD, people get hyperfixations, and Ilias goes off on a hyperfixation <laughs> for like six months. I can see him hyperfixating on creating. He's going to invent something now, Kate. You, oh. You've started something. <laughs> so it is. It's really exciting to, to come across lots of different inventions. Oh my goodness, we're nearly out of time already. 
We've been chatting away. And <laughs> so, Laura, would you like to just uh, tell us a bit more about what you're doing now as a coach to women business leaders? Because you're a burnout coach, aren't you? Yeah, I am. So you heard sort of at the beginning of, of my story. So I, I was working in dementia and um, I burnt out. So there I was with all my mental health skills. And yet, <laughs> lo and behold, I was pushing and pushing and pushing and caused myself um, a right old mental health injury is a good way to, to look at it. So anxiety and depression. During my recovery, I really decided that I needed to live differently. And so I... I did. I started to pull a different way of working together. And in doing so, the organisation I was working for was doing really well. It didn't really need me anymore. And I felt really pulled into the space of working with other leaders. And when I was unwell, many, many people reached out to me and said, I've been there too. And it's something that people don't often talk about until you're sort of there. And I realized it was a really big problem. So I've created a way of working with people so that um, they can reduce stress essentially and still be an amazing leader and do everything that they need to do at home and the mother load and everything that often women carry. So that's what I do. And I work on one-to-ones and I have a group program as well. So that's me in a nutshell. And obviously I still do the podcast with Ilias, which I absolutely adore working with my son alongside because it's just so much fun and not a lot of pressure we just release podcasts when we have something to talk about (laughs) so if somebody wanted to get hold of you or they wanted to listen to the podcast firstly Laura how would they find you so both actually me and Ilias, you can find me through Laura Jessica Walker on all socials, particularly for the podcast. If, you, if you're if you on TikTok, Laura Jessica Walker on TikTok, we only do the podcast on TikTok. I mean, we do the podcast on, on all the platforms, but TikTok is the place where you can access little short clips, which Ilias creates. He's very talented at that. Not very um, consistent, though. Not consistent, of course not, because ADHD. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's me, Laura Jessica Walker on all the socials. And our podcast is called hyper focus positive minds and it's on all the platforms thank you so much so if you've enjoyed listening to today's session please like and share the social media posts that you see about it and continue to sign up for downloads i mean that would be amazing because i do think i've actually started to get a regular listenership now so come and join the crowd albeit small small but perfect Come and join us and we hope you'll uh, listen to our next episode. Thanks again, Laura and Ilias. It's been wonderful speaking to you today and have a fantastic rest of the day. Bye, listeners, and thank you for listening to us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it both interesting and useful. Please feel free to message us if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask or any requests for future interviewees or any particular aspects of MedTech that you'd like to know more about. We'd be happy to include them in future episodes. Our email address is info at pinsconsultancy.co.uk. That's info at papa, yankee, mike, sierra, consultancy.co.uk. Or you can find out more about this podcast by visiting pimsconsultancy.co.uk forward slash medtech podcast. Until the next time, bye for now.